It's Essential Pittsburgh. I'm Paul Guggenheimer. Gun violence continues to dominate the headlines in Pittsburgh, around the country, and throughout the world. So much so that some community leaders have started to look for ways to change the way violence is perceived, saying rather than a public safety issue, communities should view it as a public health problem. Recently, regional faith leaders and health advocates came together to create a packet on how pastors and clergy people can speak out against violence. I'm joined now by some guests who were part of this collaboration, including Dr. Karen Hacker. She is the director of the Allegheny County Health Department. Dr. Hacker, good to have you back with us. Thanks so much. Dr. Helen Blyer, Director of Continuing Education at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Welcome. Thank you. And Reverend Liddy Barlow, who is Executive Minister of Christian Associates of Southwest Pennsylvania. Reverend Liddy Barlow, good to have you with us. So good to be here. We cannot take your calls today. Our phones are down. You can email comments or questions to us at ESSPGH at WESA.FM. Again, that email address, ESSPGH at WESA.FM. And on Twitter, at ESSPGH. How do you think gun violence should be addressed? What do you think of the progressive ways that our guests are looking at addressing gun violence with? 412, actually, I just to correct myself because the phones are down today. Force of habit. Email us at ESSPGH at WESA.FM and on Twitter at ESSPGH. Dr. Karen Hacker of the Allegheny County Health Department, why does the rash of gun violence need to be perceived as a public health problem as as opposed to a public safety issue? So what we have seen over the years, as you probably know, is that gun violence is claiming the lives of a number of people, and in particular, young people, and in particular, African-American young men. It is the leading cause of mortality in that population. And so as a public health official, and I think as public health professionals, we really want to understand how this problem could be addressed from the preventive side of the world. And that includes understanding the root causes, which include everything from social injustice to structural racism, but also how do we help to prevent this? Uh, And how do we help communities to heal? Because the impact of this kind of violence is really, it's like post-traumatic stress in many of our communities. So we feel, at least from the public health perspective, that there is a lot of work that could be done. And and it looks like you wanted to chime in, Dr. Oh, okay. Um, It's something that already implicates many of the people in our faith communities as well. the churches end up being hosts to the funerals that end up um, marking the results of this gun violence. And what we're interested in as a seminary that produces faith leaders for these communities, helping them understand these issues that are affecting those in their care. And Sure, absolutely. I mean, I think as in Christian Associates, as we work with the Protestant, Catholic, Anglican, and Orthodox churches in the region um, to increase the wholeness of our communities— Gun violence is, is a factor that um, that breaks that wholeness, um, that, that whether it's uh, urban violence or um, experienced in the suburbs, uh, throughout our entire southwest PA region, um, we experience this as, as something that is, is injuring the people that we care most about. So we're talking about being proactive here. And, uh, you know, as I listen to, the, to all three of you talk, um, Reverend Barlow and Dr. Blyer and Dr. Hacker, 
what occurs to me is here's what you're up against. Uh, earlier this week, we had a conversation with comedian Bill Maher, who, granted, is coming at this from a very satirical point of view. But he talked in a very serious way, in essence, about how America romanticizes guns. So what you're talking about is changing a culture, and you're, 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 you're uh, focusing on addressing a culture that romanticizes guns that is filled in popular culture, at least, with all sorts of images of people brandishing guns and, and, and reinforcing the stereotype that uh, this is how you achieve your manhood. You do it with a weapon, in most cases a gun. So you're up against some very powerful forces. What strategies do you have to combat those? And I'll, I'll, I'll start with you, Reverend Barlow. Sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, as, as members of the Christian faith, um, we have a, a book that tells us to beat swords into plowshares. Um, and so I think ultimately our faith is our primary tool to use in entering into this conversation. Um, that, that if as followers of the Prince of Peace, we have, there, there's no question, but that we need to be on the side of reducing violence in our society. The, the, the book of which you speak has been around for a long, long time. <laughs> uh, it, is it a matter of, uh, or at least I would guess that the, that the challenge for you would be to get people to pick that book up and, and read it and not only read it, but perhaps talk about it with people like you. Sure, exactly. And I think like that's that's that really gets into the resource that our organizations have produced together, um, which is to use the ancient Christian tool of preaching to address a contemporary um, issue in our society. Now, it's not like preaching has gone away. So, um, you know, and pardon me if I sound skeptical, but what ma what makes you think that it will be effective in this 21st century age uh, in which so, pe so many people seem disconnected from spirituality? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what makes you think it will work now as, as, as a means to reach people when it seems not to have worked? Uh, in recent decades. Sure. I mean, I think when people come to church, they're looking to hear a message that has some relevance to their everyday world, Monday through Friday. Um, and so I think if we equip clergy people to speak about the issues that are affecting people's real lives um, on their streets, in their schools, in their workplaces, um, and I think that's what we tried to do in the production of um, the Preventing Gun Violence resource, is to uh, help clergy connect ancient texts to contemporary issues um, so that in the pews, people's Consciousnesses will be will be sparked by this, um, and and that they'll hear our message that really will change lives. And that sounds that sounds like a very very effective idea. Um, is there is there an example that you could give me? Let's say uh, you know sitting uh, that rather than seeing this middle aged man in front of you, that I'm I'm a, I'm a troubled kid, mm -hmm. and you know that, and you want to help me. What might be an example that you could come up with that might relate to my life? My life being say the 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 typical uh, life of a, of a kid that gets in trouble, maybe a broken home, um, uh, you know, some, some problems in school, and my only way out is to pick up a weapon and do something dangerous that's against the law, like selling drugs, for sure, example. Sure, absolutely. So in the resource, um, we used the, um, the text from the Revised Common Lectionary, which is a, a standard set of Bible readings used across many churches on Sunday morning. Um, and one of the stories that was recommended was um, the story where Jesus heals um, a man who's afflicted by demons. So it would be possible for a preacher to approach this text in yeah, a— this is, this is about the man who's chained because, because exactly. of the, his demons— make it such that that he cannot be allowed to roam freely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you can imagine a preacher approaching this text in a 
fairly dull, traditional way, talking about, you know, the the power of faith to heal us from sort of abstract conditions. What difference would it make if a preacher came in and said um, that our society is enthralled to forces of violence, um, that our communities are are being held captive to the um, the violence in our culture, and that the role of um, of faith communities um, acting with the hands and feet of Jesus is to uh, is to break those chains and to release people from captivity. Um, I can imagine a young person like the one that you mentioned um, having their imagination caught by that real moment of relevance to their day to day lives. And uh, Dr. Blyer, are, are we finding that that young people, and and I, I imagine this is a lot of what this is really aimed at is is troubled youth. It's not just youth, but uh, this is a big focus of it for you. Um, is is a part of this that young people want to be helped, want us to pay attention to them more than we think they might? I would agree. I would also think um, it's important to acknowledge the perspective of those people who are attracted to ministry training to go into ministry. These are people who see um, seminary education, the formation of pastoral ministry, as a gateway to helping professions. They uh, have a vision for how they want things to be in the world, something more humane, more just, more good, and the ministry training becomes a mechanism for it. So you can imagine they're going into a situation where they're in a faith community, a church, which is a primary touch point for many people in a community, and they're looking for ways to be present in relevant mechanisms to the folks who are in their community. So, for example, going back to Liddy's story about the Gerasene demoniac, the scripture story she referenced, it's in the packet. One of our students at the seminary um, wrote a reflection comparing the demons to institutional racism and Mm. uses the story as a contemporary way to reflect on conditions that write a certain narrative that spells out what the future of so many people will be in some of our communities. I bring to mind the the words of Brian Stevenson of the Equal Justice Initiative, who's in Pittsburgh earlier this year, and he was talking about ways to respond to the issues of violence and incarceration in our communities. And he says what we all have to do is get proximate, get close to the situations, which would involve getting close to these young people. It would involve changing the narrative, changing the story they expect to live their lives by being hopeful. And I think that's one of the primary gifts that faith communities can offer people as well do inconvenient and uncomfortable things, putting ourselves in the way of situations and places and issues that require our hard attention, and then being a witness for a different way of being. And what we're hope is, our, what our hope is is that this packet will give our ministers who sometimes feel overwhelmed by the enormity of the violence that's experienced by our communities, they'll have a, a concrete window, a, a structure, a mechanism for doing this and beginning to take some of those first steps to change the story the communities live by. And let's let's talk about what's in the packet. What is included in there uh, that will help to reinforce this approach? So I, I think at least from the public health perspective, and I did want to just say that for our perspective, we are interested in getting these messages out in many different places and being able to connect with communities. And we really saw the faith-based community and the multiplicity of churches that we have in in the Allegheny County and the Pittsburgh region as an incredible touch point, as I think Dr. Blyer mentioned, and another way of getting this message out to folks that we may not always be able to have contact with through print media or radio or anything else. So from our perspective, 
uh, it's a really important match to be able to engage the faith community in these kinds of discussions as well. Where did that idea come come from? How did it manifest? It, it, because if, if you're if you're looking at a problem, you're saying, okay, we want to be proactive. This is a um, this is a public health problem. Uh, who brought it up at the at the roundtable discussion or, or wherever it happened that hey, let's reach out to the faith based community? Uh, I think that through some connections that I had, I ended up meeting some uh, pastors who had been very involved in some social issues, and they introduced us to the seminary, which happens to be very close to where I live. Very convenient. Uh, but I think from our perspective, we had been looking for ways, particularly, I, as you know, I've only been in the Pittsburgh area for, it'll be soon to be three years, um, of really connecting with the faith community. And we sort of saw the seminary as a nice place that might connect multiple groups as opposed to literally going church to church. Mm. Uh, I think when we met with folks, we, we and I will speak for my other colleague as well, were quite pleasantly surprised that there was such an interest in being able to move in this direction, which, as I can only tell you, that my knowledge in this area is pretty limited. And so I really looked to them to provide the content uh, that would help to support the pastors um, in terms of their teachings. What we provided was basically the, the real information that helped to create this as an important issue to deal with. That's it's important, I think, to raise the name of uh, Reverend Denise Welch as well, who is one of the primary um, uh, points of contact with, with Dr. Hacker. Uh, Reverend Welch, who is the senior pastor at Bidwell Presbyterian Church and the chair of the Spiritual Leaders Caucus of Pennsylvania Interfaith Impact Network, was really the person who brokered the connection Absolutely. between Allegheny County Health Department and the seminary and Christian And unfortunately, by the way, we did invite her, but she couldn't be here today. <laughs> well, and, and I'm guessing, Reverend Barlow, that you must have thought, well, this is what a marvelous opportunity Absolutely. for us. Yeah, this is actually the third similar project that Christian Associates has taken on in the past year. Um, we did a similar project last spring around um, domestic violence issues, working with the Southwest PA Says No More initiative. Um, and we did one earlier this spring working with the um, uh, Greater Pittsburgh Area Food Bank um, around childhood hunger. And so um, I feel like these um, these sorts of projects are a perfect fit for us. We have clergy who can study scripture and write prayers, and we have um, agencies out in the community that are seeking to make a difference. And if we can bring those two pieces together, um, just imagine what, what kind of greater good we can make together. It's Central Pittsburgh. I'm Paul Guggenheimer, and we are talking with Dr. Karen Hacker, Director of the Allegheny County Health Department, uh, Reverend Liddy Barlow, who you just heard, Executive Minister of Christian Associates of Southwest Pennsylvania, and Dr. Helen Blyer, Director of Continuing Education at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, about how the issue of gun violence in our communities should be addressed as a public health problem and ways that community leaders and those in the faith-based communities can help be proactive with this project, which includes, as you heard uh, earlier referred to, a, a packet of, of information and uh, different things that people involved in this can use. What does the packet include? The packet includes um, lots of information from Allegheny County Health Department. It has statistics and downloads that can be included in church bulletins and other communications with churches. It includes what we call sermon starters, reflections on the lectionary readings for the Sunday that was assigned as a Preach Against Gun Violence Sunday. It includes prayers for use during worship and a couple of reflections from people who are part of the HOPE pre-release program at Allegheny County Jail. We have another resource that was sent in 
too late for us to include in that packet, but will be sent out to people who registered for the packet. And it is a four-page hip-hop narrative poem written by um, somebody who is serving life in prison for murdering uh, somebody. And he talks about his regret, um, wishing he could take the bullet back. Mm. So we're trying to give perspectives from multiple uh, communities affected by gun violence, the healthcare community, the perpetrator, the victim, the bystander, the communities that surround all of these folks, and give people multiple angles of entry into what is uh, ostensibly a very complex issue. Many of the, the sermon starters were written by um, seminarians at, at Pittsburgh Seminary um, who are taking a preaching class um, that was specifically targeting connecting contemporary issues with uh, scriptural texts. And um, I think you can get a sense of the, the real diversity of the student body at PTS. Um, there were folks who come in as, as second career folks, um, people who grew up in the suburbs, people who live in urban areas. And um, I think all those perspectives really enrich the, the variety of, of commentaries that are available. And so what kind of a response have you gotten from the community on this, the people? That, I know this, we're still early into this, mm -hmm. but um, what feedback have you received? Well, so far we know that we've received uh, 255 requests for download from the seminary website, which we found pretty astonishing given the fact that it was only up on the website for about three weeks. Um, we don't know how many PDFs were distributed, and we're getting a lot of traffic on our Facebook page for the seminary concerning this resource, plus some coverage in the Post-Gazette concerning the resource's availability and its use by Reverend Lyde of uh, Pennsylvania Interfaith Impact Network. Um, and we're intending that this be a kickstart to a series of initiatives. We don't want this to be a one-and-done thing because the issue of gun violence is not one-and-done. So we're looking forward to using these folks um, who've already expressed interest in the issue and feeding them with new resources to continue this good work in their communities. How or when will you know when this effort has been successful? And as you mentioned, it's, it's a, this is an immense problem. It's not going away. When will you know you've been successful or at least made a dent in the problem of gun violence? Dr. Hacker. So I don't think that there's going to be one solution. I think this is part of a much bigger puzzle. And, of course, I would say we will know when we've succeeded, when we're no longer seeing people, um, you know, killed from gun violence in our communities. We had a question from someone on, on Twitter, and uh, it disappeared before I could get the name. But uh, this individual wanted to know about the—okay, here it is, Brian on Twitter— wanted to ask Reverend Barlow, uh, what does the religious community do about the fact that most religious Americans are also very pro-gun and pro-right to own? You know, I'm not sure I agree with Brian on that perspective. Um, I think that there is a noisy minority um, of religious Americans who um, who are uh, loud supporters of, um, of gun use and ownership. Um, but I think there are many, many Christians um, who want to see... Um, we want to see peaceful streets in our communities. Um, and I, I think uh, my suspicion would be that, um, that, that most Christians are opposed to violence in, um, in almost all circumstances. The suburbs are not immune from this problem, are they? We, we, we think of gun violence as an, as an urban issue, and largely it is, but uh, to what extent are your efforts going beyond the cities and the city neighborhoods, the troubled neighborhoods? So just in terms of the, d the data that we have, we know that last year, I believe, that we had almost as many, if not actually a few more, murders in the county compared to the city itself. 
I think that was the first time in a long time that that had happened. We definitely know that of the communities that have the highest level of gun violence, a good number of them are not in neighborhoods in Pittsburgh, but are actually in surrounding suburbs, um, including communities like Wilkinsburg, Penn Hills, McKeesport, Duquesne. So there's a lot that can be done, I think, in connecting with those communities as well, which is one of the reasons that we wanted to work with organizations that had a much bigger connection to pastors and to the faith-based community across Allegheny County rather than just in the city of Pittsburgh. If someone hearing this discussion is interested in finding out more, where can they go for information? I would invite them to go to the PTS, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, homepage. It's www.pts.edu. The gun violence resource is posted on the homepage, and they should be able to download it from there. Um, And that download, along with giving us their email address, would allow us to be in further touch with them about continuing resources we're going to be offering people in the community. And uh, that was Dr. Helen Blyer. She is Director of Continuing Education at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Also with us, Reverend Liddy Barlow, Executive Minister of Christian Associates of Southwest Pennsylvania, and Dr. Karen Hacker, Director of the Allegheny County Health Department. Thank you all for being with us for this discussion. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Coming up, while some community leaders are calling for a new superintendent search in the Pittsburgh public schools, we want to look at a bigger issue. What practices should be in place when organizations are conducting an executive search? That conversation is next on Essential Pittsburgh on 90.5 WESA.